Well, welcome everybody to uh, what is the most exciting part of our first remote service. Uh, we get to do a baptism tonight. Come on out here, Peyton. This is Peyton, and uh, she has accepted Jesus, haven't you? You accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and she wanted to get baptized, and we talked last week, and uh, she was ready to come up. She couldn't wait, and Josh had her trying to come Saturday to wait in line for, for her to get in Sunday, but uh, we get to start our first ever remote service with a baptism, and I'm very, very excited about it. So Peyton, it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. It's a lot quieter in here than usual. Isn't it a crazy time? But it's an enjoyable time because we've been able to find out new ways in which God can communicate with everybody. And today, as we gather together, we just hope that you joined us with that heart, ready for worship, that you're ready to ask God just to lead you in worship just like any other day. And it's our privilege to put this service together for you. A couple of things in the way of announcements, because there's so much going on. Um, I just wanted to remind you that the Annie Armstrong uh, Easter offering is still going on. Um, you are able to give to that online if you go out to the church website on the giving part. There is a selection there that you should be able to give. And uh, don't forget to hit that up because that really supports our North American Mission Board uh, missionaries and you know how it is in our lives and they're spread out all over North America trying to do God's work right now so just make sure that you continue to bless them and share with them also I wanted to touch base with you about something we're exciting about excited about we're going to be able to do our groups online and we're using a program called zoom and your leader, if you're in a small group or a connection group or a Bible study group that usually meets, your group leader has been given information about how to connect with you, and you'll be able to do that online. Don't hesitate to reach out to us in the church office any day. We'll be happy to help you with a technical setup. It's a wonderful program. I've been a part of three meetings already this week and um, this coming week we're just looking forward to expanding it and a reminder for all the students in student ministry that on Wednesday night at seven o'clock this week will be our first full-blown midweek and we need your email addresses so you can um, text those to me you can email those to me um, and my email is on the church website so don't hesitate to do that and I will send you the connection so you could be a part of our Wednesday night Zoom meeting. Um, right now, I want to talk to the people that aren't in a group. And it sounds really crazy, but right now is the perfect time to join a group. Because we need to be connected. Uh, what I found out in the uh, student ministry this past week is that people are starved for socialization. As they've separated us, it's a little bit hard to communicate. But when you're in a class or a group that is meeting, even if it's online, just seeing someone be able to interact, it is just a blessing. So if you're not a part of a group and you're looking for a group, call the church office this week and we will link you up with someone and allow you to be a part of one of those groups. So as we get ready to begin our worship together, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we know these are strange times to us. And we know that in this moment that we're trying to make some normalcy. But Father, the greatest thing in the world is that we have an anchor in you that makes everything okay. And whether we're online like we are this morning for worship or whether we're gathered together in this room, your spirit, the Holy Spirit, can't be stopped. And your mission can't be stopped. So, Father, I just want to say thank you to all the people that have reached out and helped one another this week. The way we've seen um, the Burlington Baptist family do for others in this community. For the way that we've actually been able to pull and resource things. And, Father, now that you've led us to the point where we can actually come over a computer, an iPad, 
a cell phone, and still worship together, we know you're still in this place. So, Father, we just ask that in this time that we gather together through the songs as we get ready to sing, we lift up that praise offering to you. And we just ask you, Father, to receive that from our hearts. And, Father, as Harold brings the message in just a little bit, we just ask you to bless him as he prepares these messages, but also as he continues to lead us as a senior pastor and lead us in a great and mighty way. Thank you for the staff. We thank for you, all of our lay people, all the deacons that are doing so much. And, Father, we know that you've instilled in us that spirit to do for one another, to love and to show Jesus every day. So help us do that in a mighty way. Be with us, Father. Bless this time of worship. Guide and direct our spirit. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning out there. Uh, we just want to invite you to sing all of these songs with us. It's not like on Sunday morning, nobody's going to be paying attention except for the person sitting next to you. And if you're at a watch party, uh, which I'm assuming that that's how we're going to do this, uh, if you're at a watch party, uh, send us a message so that we know that you're out there. And uh, we're just uh, going to worship and just praise the Lord this morning. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn Till I met you I was breathing but You called my name and I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness into your glorious day You called my name Yeah. 
You called my name And I ran out of that grace Out of the darkness Into your glorious day You called my name
Thanks, Court. We want to take a minute and uh, just talk to you for a minute about uh, our Annie Armstrong offering that is still going on. And uh, we just um, wanted to say that we had the online giving and everything else, and, and the mission work doesn't stop just because we've got things going on. So we want to support them. Uh, we're going to pray with you in a minute. Uh, but before we do, I got to thinking today when I was at the grocery store um, about something that I have been studying. And uh, a couple of people probably could have used this, and maybe I could have used this this week. But even in a time like this where we are uh, just kind of stressed out and everybody doesn't know what's going on, um, when you deal with someone else, especially somebody that you don't know or somebody that doesn't go to church with you or somebody outside of your inner circle, um, I'm finding it very, very uh, positive for me to think about uh, Jesus died for that person just like he died for me. So um, I'm going to try to treat people like that. So uh, that's my advice this week. And uh, let's pray together. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, Lord. And thank you for the opportunity that I have to baptize Peyton and um, to just usher her in to our eternal family, Lord. I'm so excited for her and the family. And, and we just want to just um, lift her up, Lord, and in everything that we do. And, uh, Lord, I thank you for just little victories in uh, a time where it just seems everything seems kind of hopeless. We just know that you're at the center of everything, and you've got this thing under control, and we thank you for that. Lord, just continue to bless this church and bless all of the churches as they have a new format to try to bring your word and the gospel to people and just help them to do it in the best way that they can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, praise team. We have an awesome praise team. It's been good this week to be able to worship with them a couple times. And uh, thank you, Danny and the gang and awesome staff working hard to uh, just stay in touch with people and to continue to do ministry. And uh, we miss you, but we're glad that we can worship. I'm glad we can sing some praises. I, let's just begin with prayer tonight, would you? Father, we just want to, we just want to acknowledge that you are faithful. Your promises are sure. You've never failed us. You never will. Uh, Lord, just thinking back about the times we took for granted, being able to gather as a body of believers. And and now when we can't, we, we realize what a privilege that was. But we just want to thank you that we can gather in a sense uh, around a, a piece of technology and we can hear your word and sing praises. And thank you for technology. Lord, thank you that you're at work. Lord, thank you for, for Peyton and, and her following you and being able to be baptized and, and uh, just the ability to, to gather in a sense, uh, be reminded that we are united in Christ. And uh, Lord, we pray. Uh, we just want to 
continue to pray against this virus, that you put a stop to it, that you protect lives. Lord, we, we pray for our church family today, and we pray for protection, and we pray that we could be the light in our community. Use us. Uh, be glorified. Uh, bless this time, these few minutes as we open your word. May you speak to us and change us, make us more like Jesus. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning I wanted to kind of begin a new series. It's called Abounding in Hope. Uh, we know that people need hope. Uh, and so I want to talk specifically about biblical hope, maybe a difference between worldly hope and biblical hope. I just want to talk about that for a little bit. The theme verse for this series is going to be uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. Romans fifteen thirteen. It just says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The God of hope may fill us with his hope. Now, God has lots of names in the Bible. Uh, here, at the end of Romans, Paul refers to God as the God of hope. And uh, can we attest to the fact that we need the God of hope? And as believers, we have the God of hope. And so I just want to jump right in here and, and look at verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with... And then Paul mentions a couple things, kind of the content of this hope. May he fill you with joy and peace. Uh, joy and peace is kind of the supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit that Paul mentions in, in Galatians 5.22. Love, joy, peace, patience. But hope and, and uh, joy and peace. And so Paul says, may the God of hope fill you. The word Plero means to make full or to complete. God is generous in giving his grace towards us, and he welcomes us completely, and then he fills us with joy and peace. I think joy is kind of the active part. Uh, it's what Peter calls joy inexpressible and full of glory. That's 1 Peter 1, 8. And so that's the joy part, the active part. And I think the peace part is, is what Jesus was referring to in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so let me ask you, have you been filled with joy and peace? Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled, but be filled with peace. Uh, Paul also tells us the condition for joy and peace, and that condition is faith. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in believing, through faith. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to just come back to this at the end. Uh, but I want to say some things uh, about hope, biblical hope. Now, you've heard the expression, uh, when we've lost hope, we've lost everything. Well, let me just go ahead and get this out there. God wants his children to have hope. Uh, he talks about hope 150 times in the Word. Listen to this verse, Psalm 42, verse 5. Uh, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are, you in, why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I, I was just talking to someone on the phone, and they just said, I'm just, I'm way down. And there's lots of people that are troubled, and they're cast down. And, and what the psalmist would say is, hope in God. Hope in God. It seems like the psalm writers knew from whence cometh our hope. Uh, psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. The psalmist said, my hope is from God. Psalm 71, 5. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. You've been faithful since I was young, but you're my hope. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits in His word, I hope. Even the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31, 17, there is hope for your future, declares the Lord. And so if the scriptures over and over tell us to have hope, then we should understand some things about this hope. And so I, there's a big difference between worldly hope and biblical hope. 
uh, or the, the worldly hope is the way we often use it. We, when we say hope, we, we mean uh, to feel that something desired may happen. And so, I hope the Reds are going to be good this year. Well, that's uncertain. It may or may not happen. Now, we can say things like, I hope we get some sunshine this week. Well, that's uncertain. It, it may happen or it may be cold and raining. It, uh, you know, you may be saying, I hope we get done by 1130. We, well, that may happen, uh, but there's no certainty. Uh, so, but biblical hope is much different. Now, what is hope biblically? Jay Adams defines hope as the expectation or anticipation of something that is certain. The expectation or anticipation of something that is certain but has not yet come to pass. And so this hope that's used in the Bible is the ideal of something of assurance and certainty. And what makes it hope is just the fact that it hasn't happened yet. So uh, Romans chapter 8. Let me share 24 and 25. Romans 8, 24. For in this hope we were saved. In this confidence. He's talking about the work of Christ. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? If he sees it, you've got to change the name of it. It's a certainty. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. What Paul has been talking about in Romans 8 is just our adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. And he's already said back in verse 15, uh, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. You've already, through faith in Christ, you've already been adopted. And so legally, your, your adoption has brought you into the family of God. You can call God your Father, but it's just not yet complete, and it won't be complete until we're in His presence in glory. And then our adoption will be complete. Until we have our glorified bodies and we're in the presence of Jesus, we live in hope. We live with confidence. We live with assurance. Paul said in Philippians 1.6, Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And so biblical hope is not just wishful thinking. It is confident assurance. Now think about your salvation. We say that we were saved. That, that's our justification. That's, that's when our sins were forgiven and we were credited with the righteousness of Christ. That, that happened to me when I was 16. I was saved. And then we say, I am being saved. That's sanctification. That's where God's working in my life to make me more like Jesus. That's an ongoing process. And then we say that I will be saved the day that I go and meet Jesus and I get a glorified body. I will be saved. And so uh, verse 24 again says, in this hope we're saved. Now it's interesting that that word saved in the, in the Greek is it's in this thing called aorist passive tense. But it carries the ideal that our salvation, this is good, our salvation, it was planned in the past. God, God planned a way to save us. It's bestowed in the present. Uh, it was bestowed in the present for, for Peyton. But it's characterized by hope for the future. And so I am saved, but one day I'll meet Jesus and enjoy my salvation. And so biblical hope is this full assurance, this confidence. It's, it's not uncertain, it's assurance. And so when the psalmist says, back to Psalm 42.5, hope in God, it, it doesn't mean we'll cross your fingers and hope that God's able to come through. No, it's be confident in God. Be strong in God. Be courageous in God. Have full assurance of hope. Now, if you remember in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul says there are three things that remain, and those three things are faith, hope, and love. And we notice that at the end of the chapter, he says the greatest is love. Yeah, the greatest is love. Well, why is love greater than faith and hope? Well, think about this. Uh, faith is going to come to an end. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight, but someday, someday our faith is going to become sight. 
I'm believing in Jesus. One day I'm going to meet Jesus, and it's not going to be faith anymore. It's going to be sight because he's going to be right there. And so that faith is going to come to an end. And, and really the same thing can be said about hope. Uh, right now we have hope just because we, it hasn't come about. But that hope will disappear once we see what we're hoping for. And that's what Paul's talking about there in Romans 8, 24 and 25. Uh, it's going to no longer be hope because we're going to have what we're hoping for. And so faith and hope are going to disappear, but love is eternal, especially the love of God. And so this word, this concept of hope in the Bible is sure and certain hope. It's not mere wishful thinking. Now, let me ask the question, why do we need hope? Well, because we live in a fallen world. We live in uncertain times. There's lot of, lots of hopelessness all around us. Now, in my years of ministry, I've probably counseled more people in regards to depression and, and hopelessness than anything else. And uh, even Christians, there's lots of Christians walking around as if the sky is falling. And uh, the interesting thing is that most of them have a roof over their head and they haven't missed a meal and most of them is not being persecuted and, and most of them would claim to be saved. And, and so sometimes we just have to remind one another, this is not our home. Amen? This, this isn't what we're living for. We're just, the Bible says, aliens and strangers. We're pilgrims passing through... And so we have to be reminded of that. Now, we know at Christmas time we talk about the hope that Christ brought when he came the first time. Uh, at Easter, we celebrate the hope that we have when Christ was raised from the grave and won the victory over sin. Uh, but sometimes I think we, we think that we're at an all-time low and uh, it's the darkest it's ever been and I just want to remind us in the scriptures, there were lots of dark times. Uh, we don't have to go very far. I mean, we got Cain killing his brother Abel. That happens quick. We got Adam and Eve sinning in chapter 3. By the time we get to chapter 5, Genesis, five, Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's dark. It grieved God that he even created us, it says in verse 6. And, and so there was so much wickedness on the earth that God sent a global flood and destroyed the human race except for Noah and his family. And then we read about the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. God, he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their wickedness. We think about hopelessness. I think about the children of Israel and all those years in bondage to the Egyptians when they cry out to God, deliver us. I think about those 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness. They didn't have enough faith to take the promised land. And so God said, well, you can just wander until that generation dies. And all they did for 40 years was go to funerals. Hopelessness. And so as I thought about this despair and hopelessness and, and fear that, that some people are feeling right now, I I thought about Joseph, and uh, Joseph, I think, teaches us a lot uh, about uh, confidence in God. Uh, let me just point out a few things about Joseph's life. Uh, I'm in Genesis chapter 37. That's kind of when this story of Joseph begins. And Joseph now is the 11th son of 12. There's 12 of them boys, and he's number 11, but he's the favorite because he's the first son of Rachel. And Jacob, his dad, loved Rachel, and when she finally was able to have a child, her first child was, uh, was Joseph, and because Joseph was the favorite, his dad gave him special favors, uh, 37, Genesis 37, 3, because Israel, that's Jacob's name, Israel, loved Joseph more than the others of his sons because he was the son of his old age. He made him a robe of many colors, and so he makes him this special cloak of many colors, his brothers couldn't stand him. Verse 4 says, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. 
And so they just couldn't stand him. And we know that in this chapter, uh, they're out tending the sheep. Uh, Jacob sends Joseph to go check on the boys. And when he goes, they conspire against him. This is chapter 37, verse 18. They saw him from afar. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They're going to kill their brother. We know in verse 20 that they, uh, they threw him into a pit. And uh, anyway, they ended up selling him as a slave. And, uh, and so his brothers sold him as a slave. And lo- later he would end up being owned by Potiphar. And uh, so you talk about a difficult home life, and some people have difficult home lives. Uh, Joseph went from the pampered son to, to a slave almost overnight. And despite those difficult family, this difficult family life, Joseph's confidence, his hope was in God and not in his circumstances. Joseph had a difficult work life. He he starts working for Potiphar. He's very successfully successful because God's hand is upon him. Uh, But then we know that Potiphar's wife she she takes a liking to him and she tries to seduce him. In uh, chapter thirty nine, verse seven, and after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, "Lie with me." That'd be difficult working environment, wouldn't it? Verse ten, she she called him one day and. Uh, Potiphar's gone, and as she spoke to Joseph day by day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. And so she, 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 she was decided that she's going to get Joseph to, to lie with her, to be unfaithful. And, uh, and we know in verse 12, she called him by the garment, saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. It's always a good verse just to remind us that uh, flee immorality, even if it costs you something. And uh, it cost him his coat, but it didn't cost him his character. And, uh, and so you think about bad working conditions, and, and I know some people have those. Uh, man, they went from bad to worse for Joseph. But despite these difficult work environment, Joseph's confidence, his hope, was in God. Uh, Joseph was always around difficult people. Uh, just think about the people in Joseph's life. His, his brothers wanted to kill him, sold him into slavery. Uh, Potiphar had him thrown into jail. And I, I'm not sure if Potiphar believed his wife or not. He could have killed Joseph, uh, but he just threw him in prison. And uh, he gets in prison, and he's there for a little while, and... and uh, uh, Pharaoh's uh, stewards, the cupbearer and the uh, the chief uh, baker, they're thrown into prison with with Joseph. And you know the story. They uh, they both have a dream, and Joseph's there, and he interprets their dreams and says one of you's going to be restored, the uh, the cupbearer, but the baker is going to be killed. And sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, in chapter forty, verse fourteen. Uh, Joseph said, only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me the kindness of mentioning me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. And so he, he said to the cupbearer, you know, when, when these dreams come true, just remember that I interpreted this for you, and I'm, I shouldn't even be in here. And, and of course, verse 23 says, but the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Anybody ever been forgotten? Your friends move somewhere, move up, and they forget all about you. Well, that's what happened to Joseph. And just despite all the difficult people in Joseph's life, Joseph's confidence, his hope was in God. And you might say, well, how do you know his, his confidence was in God? Well, just review this, this story. He's in prison at the end of chapter 40. Uh, in chapter 41, Pharaoh has a dream. And uh, no one can interpret the dream. And uh, they do a search. There's no one there. And finally, in verse 9, the chief cupbearer, he has an aha moment. Oh, I remember. There's someone who can interpret dreams. Oh, yeah. He's back there in the prison. 
It says the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today, and I remember this guy named Joseph. And he tells him about Joseph, and long story short, they bring Joseph in there, and uh, Joseph interprets the dream. He says, uh, there's going to be seven good years of crops and an abundance of crops, and then there's going to be seven years of famine, and uh, you better make some, uh, take some steps. And uh, Pharaoh says, well, I need you to do that. And so Joseph is put in charge of all the, the crops and the grains. And they, for seven years, they store the grains. And then when the famine comes, they, they have grains for the people. And Egypt is the only place that, that has grain. And so people are coming from all over the world. And Joseph is in charge of it all. In chapter 42, guess what? My Bible says Joseph's brothers go to Egypt. And so it's payback time. <laughs> Take care of the boys now. Uh, but Joseph, he doesn't return evil for evil, does he? Because he saw that God had a greater purpose at work. And uh, we love Joseph. Chapter 45, verse 7. And God sent me before you. He's, he's talking to his brothers. He says, come here. And I want to, when he told them who he was... Verse 7, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. God sent me ahead of you to save your life. Verse 8, so it was not you who sent me here, but God. Now, in a sense, they sent him there because they sold him, but, but Joseph says it wasn't you, it was God who sent me here. And I just want to suggest a, a life lesson that Joseph learned and, and we often learn is that uh, pain is often hidden. Uh, pain often has a hidden purpose. And uh, when we're in the midst of the pain, it's hard for us to know what it is. We, we, we can't understand what's going on. And it's, it's often not until the pain is over that we understand kind of what God's been up to. And uh, I'm sure that Joseph didn't understand all the difficult circumstances that he was going through. But church, his confidence, his hope was in God. And uh, Joseph was able to, to look back and see God's hand. Uh, Genesis 50, verse 20. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. You did evil. But God turned it for good. God meant it for good. And so even as we go through difficult days, these are unusual days, and life is unusual, and things have changed. I mean, uh, I heard someone say, this year has been a long week. Because it seems weird this week, and it's, it's just weird. And uh, things can be going so smooth, and the next thing you know, there's no basketball, there's no sports, it's just... It's, uh, but I love the story of Joseph because God is working out his plan and along the way he takes Joseph from the pit to the palace. And Joseph, he understands it when he gets there that God's been up to something all along. And so the psalmist says, don't be cast down on my soul. Hope in God. And so uh, that's the, the encouragement this morning for us is to hope in God. And we say, what's God done for us? Well, Galatians 4, 4 says that when the fullness of time had come, at just the right time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. What man most needed was new life in Christ. Man was dead in his trespasses and sins. Man was completely separated from God. And what man needed was new life in Christ. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. And so the next few weeks, we're just going to talk about hope, biblical hope, uh, how Christ is the hope of eternal life next week and how Christ is the hope for nations and the hope for marriages and the hope for our families. And uh, as we start this series, I just want to point out something very important. This hope that we're talking about is only for believers. Yeah, back to Romans 15, 13 quickly. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing or, or through faith. Listen, apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, you, you have no hope of eternal life. And apart from a relationship with Christ, you have no hope of, you have no right to, to uh, claim 
the precious promises that are found throughout the Scriptures. But if you are believing in Christ, Paul says you may abound in hope. Specifically, he says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And so, again, biblical hope is not finger-crossing. It's the confident expectation of good things to come. Hebrews eleven six 6 calls it the full assurance of hope. That's what I want every one of you to have, the full assurance of hope until the end. And as we close, I want to ask you, do you have the hope of eternal life? The hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. And because in the end, that, that's all that's really going to matter. And so, where's your hope at this morning? Is your hope in yourself? Or in your good deeds? You know, some people's hope was in their church attendance. Well, they're in trouble. Some people, it's their church membership, or some it's their baptism. Or is your hope in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, where he took your sins, paid the debt, died your death, and rose from the grave in victory? The truth is, if some of you died today, you would stand before a holy and righteous God, and you would be without excuse and you would experience the wrath of God for all eternity. But God's been long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And so he invites us to, uh, to come to him for the forgiveness of our sins, to, for eternal life. And, and listen, the truth is, some listening this morning may never have another opportunity. We don't know who's going to get this virus, and most people live through it. But we're not guaranteed another opportunity to trust in Christ. And so uh, this morning we want to invite you to Christ now and say to you, if you're willing to turn from your sins and turn from trusting in yourself and you're willing to trust in Christ, he'll, he'll save you. And so I just want to invite you to, to cry out to God. And uh, you don't have to have a preacher to do that. You just say, God, I'm a, I know I'm a sinner. And... Uh, I want to turn from my sins. I want to stop trusting in myself. I want to trust in you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want you to save me. And the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you can do it. And the good news is you don't even have to be at church to, to call upon the name of the Lord. Um, may your hope in faith, may everything be in the one who loved you and, and gave his life for you. Uh, may we all have hope in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are the God of hope. And uh, Lord, there's some, some listening who need hope. Uh, the hope that's only found in and through believing. Believing in Jesus. Believing in his work on the cross, uh, believing that uh, apart from Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, we have no hope. Apart from that, we would stand condemned in our sins. But Jesus came and died for us and rose from the grave, and he offers salvation to those who believe. And uh, Father, I pray, even as someone uh, is listening right now, that uh, you'll convict their heart. And they'll know that if they turn from their sins, they can be saved. And save some, even now. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to sing to the Lord. And, uh, you know, we're going to be looking at comments. And if you want someone to talk to you, uh, leave your name or contact information. And uh, we'll, we'll follow up with you. Uh, certainly would love to answer questions, uh, help you to have your hope in Christ.
Peyton to come down here and give her uh, a Bible. Uh, Peyton is number nine this year being baptized, and uh, amen. Peyton, we're so proud of you. Here's a Bible and a certificate. Here is a little uh, person for you to put on our board out there. Listen, we, we think God still wants uh, to reach 52 this year, and uh, just because everything else is going haywire doesn't mean that he doesn't want us to reach 52, so uh, you keep praying for 52, and uh, let me just tell you a couple things. We'll, we'll plan on meeting again next Sunday at 1030. You invite your friends, uh, but uh, you can still do some ministry. We're going to do a Right Now Media uh, study on Psalm 23. We're going to start that this week. Uh, you watch that, and uh, we'll have some opportunities to interact some of our life groups are going to be Zooming. Uh, you can help us by reaching out to our shut-ins and widows. Uh, you can take some time and pray and fast. Uh, always a good time for that, but, but you got some extra time maybe to do that. Uh, and we'll be communicating opportunities. We'll be sending some messages and putting some stuff on FaceTime. Uh, I'll probably do uh, Nehemiah 7 on Wednesday night. Uh, Jeff's communicating with the the students through Zoom, and Beth sending out stuff to the kids, and I don't know what Danny's doing, but uh, what are you doing, Danny? Oh, we're some Zooming. Put him on the spot this morning. Uh, he might sing some for you. I think he's got a, 
They're going to do some cool stuff for you. And so uh, check our Facebook page out, our website. Uh, we'll send messages, and we'll stay connected with you. We love you. We wish we could be together. Uh, but until we are together, uh, we send our love and prayers. Danny, you want to make any other announcements? I, will. I just wanted to tell everybody uh, that's watching out there that we still have the Dollar Club. Uh, you can do that online, and it's uh, uh, probably going to get some use. Uh, in the next couple of months, I would assume. So uh, if you've got any extra, I know it's tough for some people, but um, any little bit helps. And uh, other than that, just be just be nice to each other and uh, try to share where you can, and um, we'll get through all this because God's got it. And other than that, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to just worship and just to listen a little bit about hope in a time that just seems like it's kind of fleeting. Lord, we know as, as Christians and as followers of your son that, that we've got hope no matter what. And the worst can't be any worse than going to hell for not paying attention and not believing in Jesus, Lord. We just thank you so much for that gift. We thank you for Peyton and their family and, and what they mean to us, Lord, and help us to just be responsible with her and um, with her growing and in, in her walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.